This week's episode is brought to you by Patchworks, our lovely local synth shop here in Seattle. They have a great website if you don't live in Seattle, but if you do, their showroom is now open, so go say hi. You can't test anything out yet due to COVID, but uh, they have such a knowledgeable staff that can help you find what you need. Um, and remember last week when I said like I wanted to go down there and get a morphogene, but I was like, I can't afford a morphogene. I shouldn't do it. I went down and got a morphogene. Um, so thank you, Patchworks. Uh, head over to their website, P-A-T-C-H-W-E-R-K-S.com. This week's episode is also brought to you by Needham Woodworks. Um, I just got a new desk in my setup here, and now my Needham Woodworks case is like, it sits like above, I mean, the top of it's probably almost six feet high now. It sits on this top shelf and my, my monitors are right next to it. What I'm trying to say is it just, it, it looks so good in here now. And it's thanks to this Needham Woodworks case. And, um, I gotta say, I'm a little jealous of the, uh, the mo- like the more recent designs. You should go over to their Instagram and see what they're doing. They're doing some really, really, uh, unique and amazing woodwork. So please needhamwoodworks.com. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Podular Modcast. My name is Tim Held. This week we have Matthew Picora, aka Easybot, on the show today. You may know him from his YouTube channel where he does very, very intuitive, in-depth reviews of all sorts of different gear. He's kind of the a guru of all things Digitat. Um, also pretty dang good with modular as well he works at patchworks here in seattle uh that's how i met him and he is also the uh the founder of Modbang, the uh cable company that makes the awesome glow in the dark cables which i have uh, actually recently gotten rid of all my other cables and all i have is Modbang, and uh it's pretty fun so uh this is a really interesting conversation so stick around I got to tell you, I got some really, really fun new modules recently, and uh, I'm just really excited about them, so I'm going to tell you about them. Um, first up are the three new uh, After Later Audio modules, the Tilt, Steps, and Blend. Uh, Tilt is a function generator. It's got an end of rise, end of fall trigger output on it. Um, yeah, CV control over the rise and fall and both. Uh, and it's uh, you can also uh, have it self-oscillate. So it's very interesting and easy to use. 6HP, uh, you can attenuate, attenuvert the output signal. Um, and it's like, I think it's just a little bit over $100. So you, you really can't live without it. The steps is another one that I'm still trying to wrap my head around, but it's basically uh, a really crazy um, random burst and gate generator and uh, yeah it's just a whole lot of fun it's much more than what I just said but like I said I'm, I'm wrapping my head around it and then the blend is seriously my favorite utility module I've ever owned it's um it's just it's 6 HP as well all of these are 6 HP uh, it's got you know two inputs and you can uh, and then two separate VCAs that so you can pass two different voltages in to attenuate attenuvert and blend and then you can also uh, use uh, use it as two VCAs uh, two knobs for each channel to control the the attenuation attenuversion it's just so much fun and while I'm talking about after later audio I gotta say I got some um, some some rack screws from them that are like uh, 
you can screw them in by hand, but they also have a Phillips head in, uh, on the end, so you could use a screwdriver, and they're, they're kind of bigger than other ones that exist on the market, uh, which I actually really, really like. And um, I keep meaning to send a message to Lenny to be like, dude, I love these so much. So Clarissa, I know you're listening. Will you just pass the message on to Lenny that I'm just... I, you guys knocked it out of the park with these screws. Um, what else did I get? Omi Industries sent me the uh, the new R2 R2 RAR. <laughs> R, it's the letter R, the number two, and then R A W R. I think it's a reference to something. Um, I'm sure some of you out there are yelling at me like, "Oh, dude, it's this." I'm not sure what it is, but uh, I mean the reference, anyways. I am sure what the module is. Uh, it's a four HP module that has one, two, three, four, five different inputs that you can put gates into, and what will uh, what it will do is take those um, gates and then send out a step to voltage, um, which is so much fun. Um, and it's it's such a cool little thing to to use with, especially something like. Uh, um, I just got a pachinko, which is like a miniature version of uh, marbles. So it's just like plugging the marbles outputs into that and then into... Actually, you know what? I'm going to do a patch challenge this week. And I'm just going to use the R2R and all those after later audio modules that I talked about in the patch. So, um, and then I'm going to be doing some more demos and hopefully some videos soon. But I, that's just kind of what I'm talking about. Or kind of what I'm into with modular. I also got just one more thing. I'm sorry. I'm kind of going long on this modular thing. But um, I got a Morphogene and I got an STS. And I got to tell you, my, my life has changed. Um, just sampling, just kind of like building samples and then sampling those samples and then running the sampled samples back into the other sampler. Like, it's just so much fun. Um, there will probably be a lot of that in my patch challenge as well but i'm gonna stop talking about this but what i do want to talk about is this uh, ai 016 tape interface module that i was going to be giving away um but apparently because of gambling laws patreon won't let me do giveaways if you sign up so what i was going to do but i'm definitely not gonna do now is uh i was gonna have you know, say if you want to sign up for Patreon in 30 days, I'd uh, drop everybody's name in a hat and then announce the winner and send you this tape interface module. It's uh, it you, you use a little tape machine and you can get some analog delay with it. Um, so definitely don't sign up for my Patreon um, to enter to win this contest. That's not even going to happen now because apparently it's against the law. I really wanted to do it. Um, I was also going to do it in a way where like the uh, the amount of dollars that you pledge a month would be equal to the amount of entries that you get in the contest. But I'm definitely not going to do that now. But if you want to sign up for Patreon just out of the kindness of your heart, I'd really appreciate it because it really helps keep uh, the LEDs blinking over here at uh, Podular Modcast. And to everybody who's already signed up, thank you so much. Um, I think I'm going to be done rambling here. All I got to say is I'm going to be releasing some new music that I made a long time ago with my friend David Lutz. And I'm currently working on an album with my friend Steven Jet. I've talked to him. I talked to you about him a lot over the, the, the years. He uh, he's the guy who makes pipe organs and he plays piano wonderfully. And uh, we're gonna be releasing some music soon. Um, and I might be uh, doing a little something with somebody else who works for a really cool company that makes a really cool 
pedal that's like also maybe like a modular synthesizer slash effects pedal slash synthesizer slash everything. Um, some of you might know what I'm talking about. Anyways, let's get into this chat here. Uh, we did it outside. I actually got to do it in person again, which was so much fun. Uh, we did it outside um, near Alki Beach, where, where Matt lives. And Alki Beach is kind of loud, um, but it's a nice ambiance. Yeah, we'll just have some ambiance here. And maybe we'll hear some of the cool, uh, the cool kids of Alki. <laughs> we certainly will. <laughs> we'll hear some cars speeding by. Before we be, okay, before we get into that, I I want to like since you live right here, right here on Alki Beach, kind of right at the end of the strip that goes along the water. Yeah. It seems like just right out here, a few blocks you know from here, a few blocks down. It seems like these teenage kids get in their cars with their ridiculously loud yeah. systems, and then they just drive literally like up two blocks, turn around and back, and That's then we'll just exactly. do Actually, laps. They do that, and they drive down this road. And they drive down this road around here and they go around the edge of the water. And they've been trying to stop, the police have been trying to stop them from doing that because uh -huh. there's lots of complaints. And there were some people actually walking around with uh, petitions. Really? Like, with, you know, things, get your signature to petition against opening the street back up to the public and keeping it for local access only. Uh-huh. Which I signed because yes. I love walking around by the water. Yeah. And there's usually just like a, a ton of, which I don't mind kids going out and hanging out on Alki. Yeah. But they really are so loud and when i'm trying to record a video for oh. like patchworks or easy bot or whatever i'm doing uh -huh. like even at one in the morning it's like people flying by motorcycles revving yeah super frustrating well welcome to uh get off my lawn um yeah just <laughs> uh no my wife my wife and i were out here i think it was the summer before last and we were eating at the little taco place there and the same car kept going by and it was literally every like 30 seconds and after that we were like I guess we just don't come here in the summer anymore mm -hmm. which is unfortunate because yeah. it's pretty much like the only beach yeah like anywhere around here it is like, yeah. like it's just, actually it's a great beach it's too. A, yeah it's gorgeous like sandy beach and like the ferries going by and the best sunsets some of the best sunsets yeah. I've ever seen are yeah. from Alki so. And you can catch all sorts of cool little animals and stuff. Yeah, I see, I see like um, seals otters and otters and, seals, and yeah. stuff. Yeah, I had some otters. My wife and I were up at. Do you know Diablo Lake? Mm -hmm. it's, it's gorgeous. It's up in like North Cascades. We were fishing, and these two, like these three otters, a mom and two, like not quite babies. They they look like they're getting older. But they came over and they were like, they were bobbing up for me from like here to the doorway, like four feet away from me. I was right on the shoreline, and they were just kind of looking at me and like dipping in and out. It was the cutest goddamn thing. Um, they are so cute. They're so cute. But that's not what we're here to talk about. Um, we're here talking with Matthew Picora. I said it right. Well said, sir. Awesome. Um, you you do a lot of stuff, but you work for Patrick's. That's how I met you. Mm -hmm. uh, you're part of Untitled Bee Collective, mm -hmm. and you run Modbang. Mm -hmm. um, and you have your own video channel. Well, is that kind of stuff? We'll get into that because I think that's okay. blending with Patchworks in a, a way. A little bit, okay. yeah. But um, let's get to know you first. Sure. You're from Seattle. I am. Native. I'm a native here, You're yeah. native, yeah. I didn't know that. I just, I, it's weird. I kind of just assume everybody I meet is a transplant. Mm -hmm. It seems that way. I transplanted here. out of here for a little while. Yeah. I lived in Florida for five years. Oh, you went to Florida? Mm -hmm. For school or? I just moved. Uh -huh. to Florida uh, just to just to get out uh -huh. to live somewhere else and I do miss it really I miss the weather but um, 
when I came home, I had to have surgery, mm -hmm. and so I came back home and to just like recoup with my family and reconnect with like all of my friends that I grew up with uh -huh. here. It's funny because as a Washingtonian, like you think of Florida, it's it's literally like the farthest away you can get in the lower 48 from here. But it's also like I know a lot of people throw shade at Florida. So like, how they did do. you? I'm really curious. How did I throw you, shade at Florida? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> everybody does. Yeah. Get on the hype train. <laughs> <laughs> what what? I'm mean, kind of interested. What made you go to Florida? Just the uh, total change of weather was it the Seattle was. blues. I really. Um, I mean, it's a complex. It's a complex story of why I ended up in Florida. Like really was kind of just like get your shit together kind of situation uh -huh. and I chose a place that like seemed dreamy uh -huh. right and it seemed dreamy because of the weather right. Seattle's weather is not always like this like, right right today is a blessing uh -huh. it will be for the next month and a half and then it will die and so will I <laughs> yeah <laughs> I always say that Seattle it's it's got this really really disgusting trick that it, like the psychological yeah. trick it pulls on you because it it gets you like into like from November, late November until February, like one, I, I feel like once January hits, you're like, I, I don't think I can do this much longer. Yeah. And then you hit February and you're like, I'm moving. I'm definitely yeah. moving. Yeah. And then like the, you, we get these beautiful, like almost like late spring type days in March that show you're like, oh no, this is on its way. Yeah, and you're close. like, I'm gonna yeah. stay. And then that goes away for like two more months. <laughs> and like just when you're about to be like, okay, I'm gonna move, we get these beautiful summers. Like, I love Seattle summer. I mean, it's perfect it's, right now. Yeah. Today, yeah. in this Today, recording, uh -huh. it is a perfect day uh -huh. in Seattle. Right. But uh, that seasonal depression is a thing, man. It's, it's definitely real. Yeah, those, those gray days, like, they just seem to go on and on and on. Like, it's, it's pretty bizarre when a, when a sunny day hits. Like after that long, and you're like, oh yeah, that this is a thing. This yeah. is something that can happen. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. No, I it it gets me down, man. It yeah. really does. I have a hard time with that weather. Mm -hmm. I really do enjoy the sun. Mm -hmm. You know, and I thought of myself as kind of like this moody, depresso singer songwriter musician. Uh huh. And uh, and I just I'm not. I guess <laughs> you know. I mean, I like to write that kind of music, but uh -huh. I'm not. I need to be, I need the sunlight, I need uh -huh. to breathe. Uh -huh. So you got that in Florida? I did, I got that in Florida, and then I, hopefully I brought some of it back with me here. Right, okay, that makes sense. So when did you come back? I came back about three years ago, uh -huh. and then I went back to school for um, uh, music tech. Okay, well I wanna get yeah. into what that means. But let's go back further. Sure. When did you, like music, when did music grab you? I've been playing, singing, and playing guitar since I was about 13, 14 years old. Okay, yeah, that's about and, uh, I studied a bit of jazz vocals uh -huh. here and there. I played and sang in a band forever. And I could, we considered ourselves like the most practiced band in Seattle that didn't play enough. Because <laughs> we like, we just practiced so much. And, and I think we were good. You know? uh -huh. Everybody in the band was, was a good player. Mm -hmm. um, and I was really into writing. We had a great drummer, a great bass player, a uh, great second guitar player as well. And we did that for a long time. And then, you know, the kind of like the Seattle thing that happens, the band thing, the music thing that happens of uh, just getting lost in the chaos of, of growing up, yeah. basically. No, it's the thing. Absolutely. Bands are hard to do, especially with, you know, people in their 20s. 
you know, like you start out with such enthusiasm and you, I think a lot of times people think they're on the same page because it's new and, you know, it's novel and it's exciting and playing shows is exciting. Yeah. But I think as you go along, from my experience, you start realizing, or maybe you just start, I think it's a little both, everybody starts kind of changing their idea of what they want to get out of it starts changing and then maybe, you know, their idea of what they thought it was at the beginning maybe wasn't the same thing and... It's like trying to maintain like a romantic relationship between four or five people. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's actually kind of like, and that concept, what you're mentioning there, is like what brought me into synthesizers. It seems, yeah, same here. And I think it is with a lot of people. Yeah, absolutely. And the conversation that I have with like the new guys coming into, or girls or, or whatever, mm -hmm. coming into Patchworks, asking about, you know, I want to get into making electronic music. And when I even say electronic music to myself, I'm like, who are you? Yeah, right. You know, what, am, what are you doing? You're you're a guitar player, you're a singer. Uh -huh. Like, you played rock and roll. Like, you used distortion pedals and you jumped and you want to break shit. Uh -huh. You know, like, you did that. That was who you want to be. Uh -huh. um, but I'm not. Yeah. You know, I'm not anymore. I like to listen to jazz, quiet piano jazz uh. in my car, and I like, you know, now and then I'll listen to like some sort of ambient thing that happens, but for the most part, I just love making music, and drum machines, synthesizers, and modular, um, I can do it by myself. Mm -hmm. I don't have to rely on someone else, but I do realize that component is also something that we need. Yeah. I miss that. That's the that's the thing I miss the most about what I noticed about being in in a band, um, especially if you're like you know and have a good working relationship with somebody. Just having somebody who's not you to like seriously. Well, let's try this here. Something yeah. you would have never thought of that makes maybe a song that would have been okay great. You know, like those mm -hmm. moments. I miss those and that, like missy miss working like all those weird happy accidents that would happen when you're working yeah, on do it. That so, yeah, do that again. Do that again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, I miss that. I miss that, but I, I, I think, I think I don't miss it as much as I. Let's see, how do I word this? The the worst. The the bad part was worse. Right. <laughs> you t you'll take the the yang over the yeah, yin. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 No, I do know what you mean. So when you start getting into electronic, it was out of kind of a necessity just to be able to make stuff on your own, or what, what else was pulling you in? It was. It was that exactly, actually. Mm -hmm. It was like, I never stopped playing and performing live, and when I was in Florida, I was actually a music counselor mm -hmm. at a treatment center. Oh, wow, okay. I'm a drug and alcohol counselor. Oh, okay. Um, or that's like what the kind of work that I could be doing if I wasn't doing the work that I'm doing. Right, right? okay. Um, and in Florida, I was doing music therapy for drugs and alcohol and case management and yada yada and when I wasn't doing music therapy stuff I was playing out regularly like doing I do a mix of my own songs with some cover songs with the girl mm -hmm. and we would do vocal harmonies and sing and, and that was kind of what we do and make a couple extra hundred bucks a month okay nice and nice that was fun and I would like to do that again but I'm too busy yeah <laughs> at this point. can we can I just like walk me through a session of music therapy let's say for so for it was specifically for drug and alcohol counseling would it be to like alleviate anxiety from being like sober or, or like I guess I'm, yeah, well, sure. I'm filling alleviate in the blanks but anxiety for being sober I mean that's a, <laughs> if you could alleviate the anxiety of being sober in a, in a music therapy session that would be ideal yeah right um, but I was a music therapist. Music therapist, you have to have a six-year degree to uh -huh. get. I was doing music counseling, so it was kind okay. of like I was kind of in a position that I magically got to. I uh -huh. got to like it was like skip ahead 
you know, go straight into doing this field without having all of the expertise that they expect you to have. Uh -huh. And so a lot of it, I got to create a program of my own. I mean, I was using actual music therapy and, right. and cognitive behavioral health and all, uh -huh. and all of that kind of stuff in the therapies or in what have you. But a lot of it was just stuff that I was like, it was like, we're gonna write lyrics together. We're gonna write a song together. We're gonna, and then I'm gonna sing it with you. I'm gonna invite you to sing it. I'm gonna have the clients. Yeah, <laughs> Welcome to Alki. <laughs> have the clients sing. Um, I'll bring in instruments or drums, do a drum circle, do guided meditation. Okay. Um, guided meditation was a really cool one. But a lot of it was like writing and performing. Okay, so just basically like, it seemed like maybe it wasn't was it, teaching. Was it like giving that. people just like an option, an option of something to kind of like occupy themselves with, and something else yeah, they could like get into themselves. and express? Okay, yeah, that's actually really interesting. Yeah, um, we do some like things where we would we would discuss lyrics of like popular songs, and uh -huh. uh, we discuss lyrics of songs that I had written because the the purpose of those the way I wrote them was to talk about you know being an emotional vampire uh -huh. or like, you know, uh -huh. not get, get your shit together. Uh-huh, uh-huh. What have you. Yeah. Oh, that's really, I, I, I love doing this with people that I, that I know from the scene because I actually get to know them. And that's like, that's super fascinating. Um, so I assume you're sober then. I am. Okay. Cause I, I am, I am in my, I'm second bout, not bout, um, I'm, I'm over a month without drinking again this year. Congrats. Thanks. I, I quit at the beginning of the year to quit smoking. You know, I was just like, I'm going to quit drinking so I can quit smoking because I know if I smoke, drink, I'll smoke. <laughs> so I, I... That's a fact. Yeah, it's, yeah, there's just no getting around it. Sometimes and, I think that if I smoke, I'll drink. So that has actually <laughs> stopped me from having a cigarette. That's, that's good. <laughs> but I damn, do I miss cigarettes. I, yeah, I'm, see, right now I'm missing, I'm missing beer more than I'm missing cigarettes. I think I also got to a point with cigarettes where I was really ready mm. because they were kind of making me feel shitty. Like, they were actually giving That's me why anxiety. I they were making me feel shitty. Yeah, I wasn't enjoying I, I, only And then I found out it was a, the weirdest phenomenon. I would, um, I would drink beer to enjoy cigarettes because I'm going to smoke them anyways. If I have a beer <laughs> buzz, I'll enjoy it. Yeah. Which is psychotic in a way. <laughs> yeah, but also there was some there was logic in yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean I did like to drink too. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I so I quit for 2 months. Um, cuz I, I was going to do it for just a month, but after a month I was like that doesn't that went by so fast. I feel like there's enough distance. I felt like I'd still smoke. And then 2 months I was like, "All right, I'm going to have a beer." And then I just kind of decided for depression reasons that I was not going to drink that much anymore yeah. now that I'd already taken that much time off. And, you know, my wife had her birthday weekend and I ended up drinking four days in a row after, like, not drinking. Yeah. And my depression, like, collapsed on me. Yeah, there's a thing about that. Yeah. About uh, quitting and starting again that is an amplifier. Oh, really? For, it is. It, and it's not, like, it's not a science. I wouldn't say there's any sort of, like, chemical like imbalance about it that that's happening some sort of res it's a response to yourself uh -huh. that you feel guilty and so you drown your guilt in more alcohol oh, right because you uh -huh. you you win against something that you kind of promised yourself you wouldn't do and then you do that and now you're like okay well i feel like shit about that so i'm gonna drink a little bit more to mask the feeling like shit and that kind of just like and that takes you down yeah that makes sense 
I well, I I hadn't planned on totally quitting, so I didn't really feel too guilty about getting about getting back into it. But my wife and I call it like hangxiety. Yeah. Like whenever we were hungover, we we both just spend the rest of our day scanning our brains for like, what did I did I say the wrong thing to this person? Like, right. So you know, and like we just like feel bad about basically nothing, but we <laughs> try to find right something, yeah. and then. Yeah. That would just last a few days the older I get. And I'm just like, with my depression, I'm like, it's just not worth it. Um, but I like, I don't think I was ever like an alcoholic, but I, I'm not good at just having like a beer because I want to have a second beer because it's good. And right. then the second beer, you got a buzz and you're like, I want to drink all the I beers. I mean, dude, I am yeah. like that with, and it doesn't have to be about alcoholism uh. either. <laughs> I, it's just like, what I mean by that, like the guilt of doing stuff, it's like buying a bag of Doritos. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like for me, I buy, I, I tell Sephra, don't bring me any Doritos uh-huh. because I'm going to eat the whole bag tonight. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. That's the same, it's the same idea. Totally. And I always feel like shit about it. Uh-huh. <laughs> like I don't feel happy with myself. And I also know that like I don't feel good in my body. Dude, you should just make like the 15th of every month Dorito day. So you I try stuff like that. I'm no good. I'm like a man of extremes. <laughs> yeah. I need to be like, it's like all or not for me. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit like that as well. Um, yeah, look at that hog. Is that a hog? Are Harley's hogs or is any motorcycle that's a, hog. a hog? Yeah, that's a hog. Okay. Um, yeah, so uh, it's the second time around, though. We won't have to hang on this too much, but the second time around, with the quitting drinking it's been way harder because the first time it was like I'm quitting to qu- quit smoking mm-hmm. now I'm just stopping because I don't want like I, it's not worth depression but like so when I'm around camp I've been camping twice now and not not having a beer around the fire is ooh that's hard it's, it's lame yeah but I know camping isn't lame it's something that I'm just gonna have to like readjust because even even like going around a campfire when you're not like fresh off of smokes feels like my wife and I had a conversation when we quit smoking like what are we going to do around a campfire now that we don't smoke I know and which is such a crazy way to think about it because now well, we're fine but I mean it's not that weird to think about because that's what went through my head for a long time yeah with it, smoking and drinking yeah or any of any of that stuff yeah you know like what am I going to do now it, yeah because it has I'm this weird I'm the lame one you know right yeah, right? yeah, I'm yeah. boring it has this weird thing where you feel like uh um, well, nothing's gonna be fun anymore. Yeah. Luckily, it's that's not true. Luckily, it is not. It's true. absolutely yeah. not true, and I've I've said this a few times. I think it's actually things are typically more fun. Like I've, I've been to one modular nights, not drinking, and then the pandemic happened. But I remember going to that, being like, this isn't gonna be as much fun, and rem- and then being like, that was way more fun because yeah. I remember yeah. everything. Yeah. I remember the performances. I remember not that I was blacking out, but just a little bit of beer fuzzes everything. Right. You know? yeah. So. Um, welcome to sobriety hour. Um, this happens to me a lot. So <laughs> don't. <laughs> well, I mean, it's it's also just what's going on with me, and and I like to talk. I like to talk about it because because um, somebody out there listening right now is on the verge. Is like I need. I want to stop, but it's hard <laughs> right. for them, you know. So I think maybe hopefully hearing about it will help them. Um, yeah, one more thing, really quick. Everybody talks about how sober people don't like drunk people because they're a little annoying. Yeah. But what, the thing you never hear that I'm finding out is drunk people don't like sober people either. No. It's, I think it's probably more so that way. Yeah. It's a weird dynamic, for sure, because yeah. they like they think that you're judging it. It's, anyways. Yeah, it's a whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Okay, so you get into it because I wonder, this is something I just thought of, I wonder how much like with like GarageBand and just like DAWs becoming more readily available and everybody's like, everybody has a laptop, you know, by 2009, 2010, DAWs are pretty common if you're getting MacBooks and stuff. So people like you and I, I was the similar, just like singer-songwriter in bands, pretty soon you're like, okay, well I can make all this myself on my mm-hmm. computer. And then you kind of go down the rabbit hole of VSTs and maybe I did, some... and I did that first. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm a certified Bitwig trainer. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, and that was a that was a whole thing, and that was really cool, really cool to be like in this group with all these other. It was a global classroom, right? Uh huh. So that was super fun, and my teacher was Thavius Beck, and he's like a great TJ, and he makes cool music, and I get to hang out and talk with him, and the whole thing is cool, and have your my photo and what have you on the Bitwig website uh-huh. and I love Bitwig yeah and uh, and it's a modular synth program uh-huh. right so you build um, modular synth in Bitwig I don't know if you're familiar with I, it I haven't used it but uh, my friend Ian has been trying to get me into it I hear it's like really great for if you want to record modular as well it's yes just... because it has all the tools it kind of has like able to come out with CV tools and it has that had that before Ableton so okay. it was like a little bit ahead of the game. Okay. Like if you get the Expert Sleepers um, ES9 uh-huh. or uh, the ES8, uh-huh. the ES8 had the Bitwig one. Mm-hmm. So it has like the Bitwig logo on it. Right. Which I haven't bought, but I wish I did. <laughs> so that that one, because it, it, does it have to be the Bitwig one though no. to interface? Because no, it's, it's just, just basically branded. an interface. Right? I don't know. I guess they're just friends. Okay. Um, okay, so you get certified in that. So is that what you primarily use now to record? That's what I used to record. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I don't do much recording outside of video stuff. A lot of times, I just, like, I don't know what it is, dude. I I stay off the computer as much as I can when it comes to music now. Mm-hmm. And I love Bitwig. And I feel kind of bad because I became a trainer. And then I, like, stopped really using, like, all the features in the program. Mm-hmm. And it's just because I'm so focused on hardware because I want to touch it. Yeah, I'm the same way. I was, uh, I was pretty good at Logic. Um, that's what I was using before I got into uh, modular, like full on, and um, I kind of started the podcast shortly after I was into modular. Since uh, hindsight's like Jesus <laughs> Christ, um, but that's what I switched to Cubase because I switched from Mac, and then like I just had never learned Cubase the way I learned Logic because mm-hmm. I'm just not using I'm not using plugins like I used to. I'm not like, and I'm the same way. I want to stay away from the. I like the tactile experience. I like to be able to plug it directly in. Mm-hmm. And, um, so is that how you get into modular then, through through the modular aspect of Bitwig? You know, I don't even. I honestly don't know what happened to me. So like a lot of people, <laughs> a lot of people start like right now. Okay, you can buy like the Nifty bundle, right? Uh-huh. You can get that for pretty cheap, three hundred bucks. You can get two modules in a case with power, mm-hmm. audio out, and MIDI. Yeah, deal, right? that is a really good deal. You could yeah. buy a bunch of Dreadbox modules to go in there, and they're 99 bucks a piece. So mm-hmm. for under $1,000 right now, you can get into modular with a full rack uh-huh. of, I think, 84 HP. That's wild, right? Mm-hmm. And I mean, I started using modular a few years ago, and when I did it, I went in and I said, I'm getting a 7U case with 104 HP, and I'm filling it immediately. So it wasn't like, I'm going to piecemeal it together. Right. I built a basically a $5,000 I just took money that I had saved up and uh-huh. it was like I'm doing modular synthesis uh-huh. and uh, the only people that I saw on the internet that were doing it and that I I don't know the people that were popular at the time was like Lightbath 
and some Anne Annie, mm -hmm. and um, another person, I'm forgetting, maybe it was like uh, Austin Cairns or something. Yeah. That was doing yeah. it for a few years. And they were making some really cool ambient textured kind mm -hmm. of stuff. And then I was really into what Colin Benders was doing. Mm -hmm. And I really like that style of music. It was just a lot faster. It reminded me of being in a band a lot more. It was really percussive based, which I'm really into mm -hmm. personally. Yeah. Um, so I built it around that thinking that I was like, okay, here's what I'll do. I'll build this system. It'll be different than like, say like getting like a synth from Deluge and programming out songs in a, an arranger or like the Octatrack arranger. It's because you were already doing that? Because I was, I'm already doing like, like the stuff that like I'm, you know, if there was a what you're known for kind of thing, the mm -hmm. stuff that I'm most known for in the tiny community that I'm a part of would be for knowing how to use the Octatrack. Okay. Right, and mm -hmm. showing people how to use the Octatrack mm -hmm. and, um, and the Digitac and the Digitone and just Electron gear in general. And you can build like all your song stuff on there. And so you can kind of do this band in a box situation. And the more that I tried to do a band in the box thing, the more I found that the kind of music that I was used to playing in a band doesn't work in a box. Yeah. And I tried doing it with modular synthesis, so I was like, I'll really go out there and be just really experimental. Mm -hmm. And then I started doing that and I was like, damn, this isn't so hard to do. <laughs> this is like, you know, this is not easy. I had to like, you know, learn all sorts of like, what's half wave rectification. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what that was a couple years ago. Mm -hmm. Like, what? I'm not sure I still know. <laughs> but it's just like, you know, all of those kind of this crazy stuff, it's really just like physics of sound stuff. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that's not what I want to do. I want to make music, but I had to learn this to learn how to use my stuff. And then I was like, then I was just lost. Yeah. At that point, I was just lost in synthesizers and drum machines mm -hmm. and no longer, and then touching my guitar a lot less yeah. because now I'm kind of addicted to synths. Mm -hmm. It was just this weird transition happened in my life. And yeah. Here I am sitting with you. Yeah. <laughs> did you go to Control Voltage to build that setup or was, was Patchworks around by then? I, I, well, I did actually buy the case from Patchworks. Uh -huh. um, a while back. A lot of it was piecemealed from like um, Perfect Circuit, okay. Analog Heaven, mm -hmm. Haven, or however you say it. Some control voltage. Mm -hmm. Just whoever had the modules I was looking for. Okay. And how many of those modules do you still have? Almost all of them. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. A bunch of them, some of them I traded to Daniel Troberg of Electron. He was the CEO of Electron. I just stumbled upon a weird trade with him for an analog rhythm. Oh. So I, I did get, get rid of some like some good modules with him. Mm -hmm. I like the Forum STS and some like 2HP freeze and some other stuff. I just got the STS. Yeah, that's nice. Love it. Yeah. I love it. Very I, easy to use. It's so easy to use. And I, I now, it, it's making me want something like a Nebula or a Morphogene or like Arbar or whatever that is. Yeah. But, um, I'm still like, I don't know which one of those is the one for me because I want like a weird one now. Mm -hmm. I know? do too. Like, I, I almost bought a Morph. We just, I mean, Patchworks, we. Uh -huh. Patchworks just got uh, Morphogenes in like yesterday. So. Oh, you can't tell me that because I'm going to Patchworks tomorrow and I well, really want a Morphogene. There's Morphogenes there. <laughs> you might want to grab one. I might have to like just grab a bunch of stuff out of my case that I'm like, yeah, I can get rid of that. Um, so wait, how do you get how do you get hooked up with Patchworks then? I actually from meeting um, Ray and Hannah at okay. Shoreline. Oh, okay, all right, and, cool. Which is where we went to school to study music. Uh huh. And um, 
I think I was the only person, I think at that time, I don't know if they had built modular systems themselves yet, those two. I'm not sure, but I know that I had this huge modular system. We're not huge, but a 7U full case of right. my, it was a good chunk of money to build something like that. That I had forked out all that cash and time and energy to like learn how to use. And I was the only person in the music tech, uh, music production program who had a modular synth. Mm -hmm. Or really knew what it was. I think there was one guy who had no coast. And... Uh, you know, and I wanted to connect with those people mm -hmm. who were like into that. And I actually went to that school specifically because they had a synthesizer program. Mm -hmm. And Dave Bristow, who is like one of the original programmers for the DX7, was one of the teachers. Oh, that's right? awesome. And so that was really cool. And I got to spend some time with him and talking about Emu systems and Yamaha and all that. And he taught me whatever he could teach me in the short period of time that you're at school for, uh -huh. how to think about crafting patches. How useful was that? It was very useful. Yeah. <laughs> I would say some of the really cool stuff was just thinking about how to craft a sound. Like, think about a piano pluck. Like, what do you hear at the beginning of a piano pluck? How long does it last? Is it loud? Is it quiet? Is it rough in the beginning? All that kind of stuff mm -hmm. was stuff I didn't think about it in terms of time or that dimension that mm -hmm. and the dynamic that he explained it i would just think about it like does you know does plates plats make uh, a pluck uh-huh right you know? right like right. that was like that was like <laughs> does this module do piano sound uh-huh right right <laughs> you know but now it's like no i can take my formant oscillator my mangrove and my three sisters and if i use the right envelope i can make a pretty formidable piano sound uh-huh you know which is something that i couldn't do before right right that is, uh, so that's something I feel like I'm like have slowly learned just by like doing it for as long as I've been doing it now. It's like that, what you were just talking about, like those different dimensions of like time and, and harmonics and stuff. And that's what I, I think I, what I love about modular and why I think a lot of people are like sucked into it is because of that, like that surgical control you have over almost every aspect of the sound, you know, like the envelope times and timbre and frequency range and all that. Um, I want to talk to this guy. Is he still around? Yeah, he's still teaching there. He might be a cool guest. Oh, he, he'd probably do it. Yeah? yeah. Are, you, are you still in contact with him? I mean, I haven't talked to him in a while. I've been out of school for yeah. a bit now. Well, this isn't stuff we should talk about on your episode, but <laughs> I definitely want to hit him up. <laughs> but at that school, uh -huh. I, did, I met Ray and Hannah, mm -hmm. who, are, who work at Patchworks. And they're both awesome. Yeah. And I love them both dearly. Mm -hmm. And they're both great musicians. And they were like me mm -hmm. in terms of that they were like these, they were acoustic musicians. Um, Ray played the violin and Hannah played the cello. I watched them play together at a Monster Planet. Like I had known them for a couple right. of years and didn't know that. And I show up and they're playing these stringed instruments. It blew my mind. Um, yeah, that's just a little side note. Um, <laughs> those are awesome people to meet. And yeah, and they hooked me up, like, uh, they recommended me. Uh-huh. And I went in, and, I mean, I kind of had, like, I had ModBang already. Okay, you were, you were doing ModBang before? I was going to ask about that, because I feel like one day you and, and Je is Jesse? Jesse? Jesse works there, yeah. Yeah, I feel like you and Jesse kind of just, like, appeared one day. We did. Like, I remember it was always, like, the same people, and I'd been going in there, and all of a sudden, like, there's two new people here that I don't know. And then... And then I, you know, shortly after met you, found out about Monbag. So I, yeah, that's one thing I wanted to learn. So 
You were already doing the cables before. I was, yeah. Okay. So I was like, I don't even know when I met like Ray and Hannah at Shoreline if I had even gotten my cables yet. What happened is I had this, this, <laughs> this wonderfully terrible class during the summer quarter and it was like nine hours a day and it was a logic class and it was like music foley and all this kind oh of garbage. Boy. And you'd get, you got certified in logic while you were doing it, uh-huh. right? Which I remembered zero. Oh. I remember zero of it. We just literally got sat down with the logic book and was like, do this thing. Anyway, the class was insane and it was five days a week and nine hours a day. And I ended up nine like- Nine hours a day? Yeah, it was crazy. That is insane. Yeah, it was like a crazy class. It was like eight till five or something. Eight till I don't know. Anyway, it was it was crazy, <laughs> and I ended up with a lot of free time <laughs> during that class. And so, like during the class, I uh, built Modbang. Okay. I just like I created a website and I went around on Facebook, and I was like, you know what I'm going to do is I'm going to create a gallery. We all love looking at modular synths. Uh huh. We just love it, right? I love looking at pictures of. We love Instagram. Uh-huh. Right? for looking at modular sense. Right. That's my only purpose on Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care about anyone else's lives at all on Instagram. In fact, I was like, oh, like, unfollow. How did you get in my feed? You know, like, this I did is a supposed to be synthesizers, you know? <laughs> so I built a website um, that was a gallery, and it was a little bit of a blog. I did some, like, blog kind of stuff, and that was hard and a lot of work. That's like doing popular modcast kind of stuff, but just writing. And it was yeah. like, you gotta, you gotta really be dedicated to that. And um, Sephra, my girlfriend, partner, wanted to sell something. She wanted to learn how to sell stuff, like online drop shipping, whatever it was that mm-hmm. you had to do. Just and for fun or was it just for a project? She, or? To just, she just wanted to try it. Uh-huh. And I'm one of those people who is like, when you tell me you wanna do something, you know, we'll figure out. I want to. I want to do it too. Yeah, yeah. You know, like <laughs> I want to do it for you, uh-huh, you yeah. know, and with you. And so together, we ended up looking at a whole bunch of stuff we wanted to do. And I was like, you know what? I really like. We should try doing patch cables, and uh, I did. And she made covers for. Okay. Okay. So I was wondering, like, why you chose to go into the patch cable game? Because it was something I could do. Uh huh. Okay. I did it because I was. It was something I could do with the amount of money that I had available to me. Mm-hmm. I'm working with. I have a couple friends that are uh, electrical engineers, and they're also into. One of them's just a good friend of mine, and we've been working on uh, a module. Oh, really? We don't have it. Like, there's nothing to show. I can't show you anything cool uh-huh. other than tell you about, you know, what the idea of it is. But uh-huh. we're working on the idea of uh, basically like a macro module okay. is what we want to do and have that be hopefully the first module that we do at ModBank. Okay, cool. So you're just kind of, I was wondering about that too, if, if like dust covers and um, cables was just kind of like a starting to, to get into it? Or? It was, yeah. Okay. I just wanted to be a part of the community. Yeah. I know, and I just made a nook for myself. Uh-huh. I just carved out a little spot and I was like, I'm going to cuddle up in here. And, uh-huh. You know. That's what I did. Yeah. <laughs> you have to. Yeah, you have to, right. Yeah, because I think it... This, this this community like it begs you to to be innovative. It's a DIY community. Yeah, everything right. about it is DIY. Right, you can't right. get just taken in and be like, "Here's what you do now." It's like, no, create a spot for yourself, uh-huh. and we'll see if we can patch into you. Uh huh. Yeah. yeah. Nice. How? <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, and why, like, nice. why, why glow in the dark? Which, just, just because I, I don't know. I gotta say, you know, because you could love it. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I bought a flat. I bought a blacklight flashlight just just oh, for nice. my cables. Yeah. So, yeah, I actually have a buddy who built a box like this huge box, and he just filled it with UV lights, and he like tosses his cables in there before he does like photo that's, shoots. That's pretty brilliant. That would be great for like video, like for video shoots and stuff because. I'm like I'm starting to get in more into video shoots, and I've been trying to think of ways I could do night shoots while having your cables totally lit up and my little flashlight. By the time I get everything, the where I started is kind of like cooled down a little bit because mm-hmm. it just you know you have to yeah like well, yeah they do and they also like don't the glow doesn't last forever you know yeah it's it is just, just phosphorus it's not magic right right I wish I could have <laughs> infused them with the magic that I naturally create but that would be giving away too much uh-huh, right. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, I don't know how interesting this is, but like, like, don't all of our patch cables pretty much come from the same place? And then just, it all depends on like what you want to put on them. Like, like, I, I realize as I said that, that didn't make sense, but. They're all birthed from patch mother. Yeah, right. Yeah. No, <laughs> what, somebody was telling me like, there's very few suppliers to get patch cables. Like, for the raw materials to make them. Or oh, something for, like, like the, the PVC that yeah. actually makes them? I don't know about that. I think there's I think there's quite a few. Okay. I mean, I've spoken with many, many people before I settled on somebody to, like, okay. work with me. So, like, I'm not, you know, in my apartment creating patch cables. Right, to create right. a thing of patch cables requires a gigantic Factory, facility. right, yeah. You know, yeah. like, there's no way. People who make DIY patch cables, they don't look like your regular patch cable. Right. They look crazy. Yeah, you know. so so like, I guess you just find somebody, and, and do, do they just do everything for you? I don't think this they don't do everything. For right, right. They do. So you design it, uh-huh. and I, you know, designed what I wanted, and uh-huh. it doesn't always come out the way you want it to. I'll right. Tell you that much. Yeah. I've had some real trouble. Yeah. It can be a real pain. <laughs> but uh, what I chose to do, I chose the glow in the dark because glow in the dark is cool, and. Just because, why not? Uh-huh. But I also liked, so they're transparent glow-in-the-dark cables, right? right? Mm-hmm. So they have that, like, they can refract light a little bit more. They're, they just, they're weirder looking. Yeah. They're strange. Mm-hmm. Like, they look organic. There's, like, a bio kind of feeling to them. And when they glow, they kind of have this bioluminescent mm-hmm. thing that maybe you think of that. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But that was kind of the idea. Mm-hmm. I didn't want them to be like the other glow cables. And there's not that many of them mm-hmm. out there anyway. But I also like to design so I like, like my website. I think it's gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I think it's a pretty website. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And I like to make these. I like to make pretty things. Mm-hmm. And so I yeah. did that, and I thought the cables fit my aesthetic. Yeah, I, I've been like, basically, I, I kind of like got rid of half of my pre, like the pre-existing cables that I had when I got a bunch from you, and now like I have. I have all these cables that I'm just kind of like, I think I'm going to just get rid of them because once I have, once I like tax my mod bang collection and then I bring something else into it, it just kind of bums me out the way it looks. I'm like, cause I, I like, cause I have like the, it's, it gives like, there's a level of uniform, uniformity or, or like yeah, yeah, yeah. consistency yeah. on it that like, I'm, I'm pretty um, visually and aesthetically driven. Um, and I do like the like the quilt look of like having a bunch of different manufacturers of modules, mm-hmm. but I really like that like consistency of patch cables. It's almost like having some uniformity in like yeah 
like a crazy environment. So, yeah, I think they're very, and I see what you're saying about that bio, like bioluminescent kind of like organic look to it. Um, yeah, they're like a little vascular. Yeah, yeah, that's a great way to, yeah, yeah. And so you have new stuff, right? I do. I mean, I have some new stuff. I mean, new to you, maybe. Right. It's been out for a we were, little bit. We now. were talking about it last time we talked. Yes. Like, yeah. I got like a green now and a more of an orange and just glows more. And I'm always just like, I'm always in working on getting like something new. Uh-huh. I'm going to run out of, of ideas pretty soon. Yeah. <laughs> so the, the next thing, like what's in the works right now, I'm calling. So I changed the, I have the right angle cables uh-huh. and they're called, I call them angle bangers. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, Instead of right angle cables, I just changed it. I was like, eh, might as well call them angle bangers. Angle bangers, pretty good, yeah. yeah. Mod bang. The whole like the name mod bang came from, and I love that that name. And I like, I thought it was kind of like almost like a sexy name. Like mm-hmm. the, we associate things with right with bang. Uh huh. <laughs> and um, but it was like so. I like, I'm interested in pure data, and I was learning pure data a few years ago, and just like playing with it. And you know, you bang things in pure data, right? You send a bang, you send a trigger uh-huh. or a gate or whatever you want it to be. And uh, so I was like, bang. And I was like, okay. And then modular. And that was, you know, that's a stupid story about how it came together. But uh-huh. that is the story of how it came together. It was yeah. mod, modular bang, uh-huh. basically. I love that it also kind of started out of like, you just wanted to make, I was wondering why it was called, why your website was mod bang gallery. That makes way more sense now. So it kind of started as like this. Or the Instagram. Or the Instagram, right. Which I right, changed right. recently to Okay. official now. Okay, cool. Yeah, I remember seeing that when, when I first learned about you. I was like, what is... But then I want to talk about the photo contest thing because that's what I thought it was maybe referring oh, to, yeah. which I love that, which is yeah. such a cool thing. So why don't you tell people how they can get in on that because it's oh, monthly, right? It is. It is monthly. And I was like been back and forth. I was like, I got to kill the photo contest because I've given away so much free stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, just like just sending people what would cost normally $20, uh-huh. you know, and yeah. I'm just like, here you go for for you sending a photo of your stuff. Uh-huh. But what I have found that's so cool, and I really think that nobody really knows, not that many people know about the, the photo contest or the gallery mm-hmm. um, or the blog. What goes on the blog when you win the photo contest is you get a free pack of cables and but you also, and I want people to do this, and if they don't do it, it like frustrates me a little uh-huh. bit because I'm really like, come on, like please, this is this, this is so part cool. of the deal, yeah, yeah, is to write about your photo, like tell me what's in the photo, mm-hmm. like is what's inspired these modules, what inspired your setup, what kind of music do you listen to, what kind of music do you like to play, why did you choose that oscillator, why is it this filter, you know, like yeah, what is it about this? Tell me about you, you know, and then give me links to your social and all that, and it's free promotion. Yeah, you got yeah, free I was cables. Say, and if you have like a promotion. new album or something, that'd be a great way to promote it or something too. Yeah, exactly. Um, so how do people do that? They just send a photo, like as beautiful of a photo as they can, so that they can beat out the other guys. Uh-huh. And um, you know, it's really my eye that's kind of picking uh-huh. it, but it's usually I go for stuff that's you know people put some effort into color grading their photo or just having a dope filter or uh-huh. just an interesting right. and cool photo uh-huh. and um, and it doesn't have to have mod bang cables anything no no, no 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 yeah. I don't care about that yeah. I don't care about any of that yeah. <laughs> you know the mod bang cables thing is just like it's a, it's a project of mine and I like it I really just want to be involved yeah you know and I want other people to be involved mm-hmm. I hate seeing like somebody trying and not being seen trying i like i like to put the spotlight mm-hmm. when i can yeah on it just makes me feel better about being on I, the earth. you know i think that might be an angle of why this scene feels different to me than other musical scenes because 
I've, I've waxed poetically and philosophically about this a lot, but I think what you just said is something that I hadn't thought of that I feel like fits in there. Is this like, it's a desire to prop, prop up your, your fellow, you know, the, yeah. the people that are part of it with you. It's kind of like, let's help each other, yeah. like just prop each other up um, rather than like, I don't know. It's like it's more. I just kind of feel like that builds on like the the less ego aspect of this yeah. music scene compared to other music scenes. I think a lot of people think that the the music scene, like the modular music scene, is like like ego driven and like this like hipster mm-hmm. thing that is um, everybody's ambition is trying to outweigh the other person's and trying to beat each other out because <clears throat> it is expensive. Yeah. You know, and I think to those who don't know about it, it might look a little daunting and super intimidating. Daunting and very wordy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's super wordy. You're like, excuse me? Uh-huh. You know, like people yeah. come and they want to talk to you about synthesis. And then you say something like, well, do you understand what an envelope generator uh, is? Yeah, and they're yeah. like, well, I understand what a generator is. Uh-huh. And I know what an envelope is. <laughs> and I've, you know, I assume somewhere they're generating envelopes because I use them all the time. But it's like, you know, and then it makes people feel stupid. I think that, yeah, I think, and I think that's another aspect of why this community is so open and welcome is because everybody knows that feeling, and I feel like everybody who's excited about it wants more people to, it doesn't feel like an exclusive club where people are like, ah, oh, too many people are into modular now, like, no. I mean, there's probably some people out there saying that who have yeah. been into it, you know, there's for 10 years. There's people saying everything for sure. Right, yeah. <laughs> well, the, a lot of the, I've met some, like, prestigious, um, sound designers mm-hmm. um, at work and gotten to like really have some cool conversations with them and they are the most humble people that come into the shop really by far yeah and they are being paid very well yeah to play on modular synths and you don't see them on instagram you don't see them on youtube or facebook they don't exist there right they're just buying those modules because they're trying to do sound design yeah you know? it's like somebody coming in from bungee and like being like okay i need to make this thing happen this this kind of sound describing it and i'm like i don't know morphogene right you know right, let's right. try that <laughs> you know sit around and we tinker on that uh-huh. maybe run that into the q pass i uh-huh. don't know maybe run that into the ssf dipole and see uh-huh. if we can get some like weird freaky sounds going and they are like okay and they try that and then that'll be in your next video game that has to be one of the most like rewarding or fun aspects of working at patchworks yeah there's like, some cool stuff like that like being able to help people find what they want and I think you probably, I don't know, do you think that, I'm going to try to think of how I want to word this. I feel like everybody who works there is really good at helping you find what you need. Everybody there is super motivated to help. Mm-hmm. And really knowledgeable on all this on stuff. Principle. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Tom um, and Cindy created that synthesizer shop to help the community. Yeah. It's purpose. They at their own detriment. Yeah. That's right. how it functions. Yeah. You know, and it will continue to function that way. Right. I would love to make that place make money because people who do that deserve some money. Uh-huh. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely it's just such a I don't know. With this pandemic happening, I, I got really worried for a bit. Yeah, and, me too. I mean about everything, but like one of my concerns was like, what happens to our city if we lose what happens to all of us if we lose patchworks you know and but it seems like you guys no, are patchworks. still going strong yeah no better than ever really yeah we're good okay you know? and like we all like took 
we all went in different directions. I mean, I do the video content mm -hmm. and run the YouTube channel there, and now I'm like recording my coworkers and doing demo content and mm -hmm. just doing the best that I can to try and make things like, here's what's cool about this, you know, like, hey, do you know how to do this? Like, yeah. yo, Nick, can how show me the 404, you know? I know you like the SP404, you know? Mm -hmm. Hannah, what do you, you like the model samples? Let's do a thing on that, mm -hmm. you know? Let's get that out there and show people how to do it. And that stuff actually during the beginning of the pandemic is what, what I was doing, uh -huh. that was my focus. Yeah, I was gonna ask how, like, how has how has working there, like, what's that experience been like through a, the pandemic? Like, I kind of stayed working through the whole thing. Yeah, like, I remember I went down there to pick something up, like, like <laughs> right when it first opened, and I think <laughs> I was there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I kind of I stuck around for a bit because I had because I could make videos from home mm -hmm. because of my EasyBot channel. Mm -hmm. I already had, you know. We just recently built the, music, the video studio at Patchworks. That's a really new thing. Right, yeah. So yeah. all the videos have been done by me at home, just on the same. It looks the same as my channel because it's the same as my channel. Uh -huh. You know. <laughs> so, and at the at there, I kind of like built, at Patchworks, I built that studio also to resemble this one because I knew it would work and I didn't want to try, you know. Right. I just wanted something to look good. Right, right. Um, so, so you were already making videos and everything before you even started working there. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of like a skill you could have sold, like sold yourself on there. Or... Yeah, well, I've been really like trying to hone it a lot more in the last couple of months. Yeah, it was really just like so many other people who have made some of like the most popular videos you see with like synthesizers and all that. You know, like even the OP1 videos that have like three million views. Uh -huh. Like those are just some of them are just like cell phone cams. Yeah, you know? and uh, so when I first started doing it, I would just had my I had a DSLR camera. Mm -hmm. and I just recorded myself with uh, my Deluge, which ultimately was my Eurorack sequencer. Mm -hmm. That's what I ended up on. I was like, this works really well. I don't use it for that now because I just love my Metron, but yeah, and, and Nerd Sequencer, I'm really into that too. Yeah, yeah. Um, is it frustrating, or is it? actually a good thing that you get to be around like I could see it going both ways like being around all that synthesizer gear while you're working and being able to use it all does is it does it make it harder does it make you want everything or is the fact that you have access to it kind it of like just, keep you like not wanting to buy everything no I want to buy everything okay <laughs> <laughs> no I do and I do buy everything yeah. in fact I'm the number one customer at Patchworks <laughs> According to the analytics, uh -huh. but I think that's just because uh, I don't know. I don't know. There, Nick might be above me. But. Yeah. Oh man. Well, shit. Should we do a patch challenge? I brought my synth over. We could both do one. Good. You tell me what you want to do. Yeah. Let me generate some words. But while I'm looking, because I have to pull this generator up on my phone. While I'm doing this. Wait. What? What is a word generator? Um. I have a. Somebody made me a word generator. So let's see, where is it? Patch challenge generator. So now we're gonna pick a mood. Let's do, let's do peaceful. Or no, let's see. You, there's all the moods. I don't want to read them off. You tell me what mood you want. The mood I want. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna go. Damn you. Oh, I like. It's already on mysterious. That's okay. Let's that's... do. All right, mysterious. 
and then I say, give me some words. Detective story shadow, that's too wordy. Shadowy illness, a little on the nose for right now, right? Yeah. Villainous power, Ooh. that's kind of cool. That's tasty. You want to do villainous? Mysterious villainous power? Yeah, let's do villainous power. So we'll just go and... Uh, go we'll hit a minor scale and... Yeah. Just... <laughs> well, you just got a chainsaw and I actually <laughs> packed up my chainsaw. So let's... Uh, Let's use our chainsaws, acid rain technologies. Yeah. Um, but before we go on that, what, where, where do you want to direct people? Do you have a lot of stuff that? Oh, yeah. <clears throat> well, if you want to learn live coding with Orca, you can go to my EasyBot channel. If you want to learn how to do Octatrack resampling, granular synth stuff on uh, the Octatrack or Digitac, then you go to the EasyBot channel as well. And then if you want to see a bunch of demos of cool gear as they come out, go check out Patchwork's YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. um, and then also go to ModBang if you're interested in glow-in-the-dark cables or the Eurorack covers, which Sephir makes by hand. Oh, really? Awesome. Yeah, she's so, that, that's all being made here. I didn't know that. Oh, I forgot yeah. to, we didn't talk. Okay, well, we just signed off, but I want to talk about the covers really quick because those things are gorgeous. Yeah. They're like, they're like hard... They're like tent. They're, I feel like they're almost like the same thing yeah. as like a hard waterfly, like yeah. a, a tent, a rainfly for a tent or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, Ripstop. Ripstop. Yeah. yeah. They're pretty instructable. And so they're basically made for like a six or seven U case, and they have a um, yep, yeah, a pole cord on them. So they're really great for transporting. Yeah, they're good. Um, and they're also like, if you're into like what you're doing, like with your poly end anywhere. Mm -hmm going up into the mountains or whatever. I wouldn't fit on your case because right now they only have six or seven U-104. Uh -huh. But we are, um, she is designing an 84 and 104 3U. Okay. Cover. Oh, sweet. Yeah, because I'll yeah. definitely want that because I don't have a case. Yeah, because it would be, I mean, it's not so much a case, really. It's just Well, I mean, like, yeah, but just to keep the elements out of it yeah. and while transporting it. Um, and also, like, those flowery ones, were, that flowery one is so awesome. Yeah. Like, that would just be cool, like, you know, if you're having a dinner party or something, you have people over and you have like a spaghetti nest on your your right, synthesis. You could just you could just cover that up and actually, the, she designed them to begin with because when we would stay the night together, my I would wouldn't want to turn my synthesizer off uh -huh. because I didn't want to turn my modular off because I didn't want my oscillator to tune uh -huh. because it was so annoying to plug a guitar pedal in and tune them again. Uh -huh. So I would leave it on. <laughs> and so she made a cover to go over it so that it would stop the light. So it would stop keeping her up with all the blinking lights in the I background. I love that. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, true story. Necessity, what is it? Breeds invention? Is that, yeah. is that it? Um, all right. So modbang modbangofficial.com modbang.com modbang.com all right yeah. thank you so much this was a lot of fun yeah it's so you. good to do one in person oh yeah i hardly ever get to do them in person so yeah. thank you for having me on this beautiful porch we watched yeah. the beautiful sunset the whole we did time, we too. hit the sunset saw some fairies drive by and everything all right here's my villainous power patch it's basically being uh totally controlled by tilt from after later audio steps from after later audio blend from after later audio and i'm using uh, a pachinko clone of marbles it's a little bit smaller version of marbles uh, and then i'm using the ensemble oscillator for my voice i'm using the serious veil for um from void modular as my filter uh, Chrono Blob 2 and Disting for some uh, stereo delay. And uh, 
the R2R from Omi Industries is kind of the star of the show. I'm using the uh, the output to control the pitch and the root note for the, the ensemble oscillator. I'm kind of switching between and then messing with the attenuator attenuverter. Um, so this is just a, a total random... Um, it's, it sounds villainous to me. It's, it's unpredictable. It's random. And I think it's a lot of fun. So I really hope you enjoy it. I think I said unpredictable, which isn't a word. Unpredictable is what I meant. Anyways, I hope you enjoy this weird mess. Thank <laughs> you. 
All right, thanks for uh, for for checking that out. <laughs> you ever make music and wonder like, is this for anyone? Is this music? I don't know. I really liked it. I, I, I had a lot of fun making it. Um, anyways, check out that R two R from uh, from Omi Industries and all the uh, the After Later audio modules that just came out. Um, let's check out Matt's uh, villainous power patch now. that's our show thank you so much for joining me um and thank you matt for coming on the show it was so much fun i love it when uh like i know people from the scene and then i get the opportunity to interview because then i get to really know them um and what an interesting story um I, I wasn't expecting to go in a lot of the directions that we went in on this conversation, and I loved it. Um, please uh, check out Patchworks, P-A-T-C-H-W-E-R-K-S dot com. Uh, if you go in there, you can meet Matt, and he can help you out with, uh, with uh, you know, whatever you're looking for. And uh, if, you, if you can't get in there quite yet, go check out his channel, EasyBot. Um, that's the letters EasyBot. Uh, and great, great demos and walkthroughs on stuff. As you could tell from our conversation, he's a very knowledgeable guy. Please check out NeedhamWoodworks.com for your for the uh, finest Euro rat cases in the land. Um, let's give a shout out. I want to give a shout out to uh, Recovery Effects. They've released some really cool, like second versions of some of their original modules that are just much much smaller and just like they're more affordable. The Motormatic, which is so much fun. The Bad Comrade, which is my favorite guitar pedal in the whole world, maybe, um, probably, definitely. And now it's in Eurorack form, and it's four HP, six HP. Excuse me. Um, maybe it is four. I think it is four. Anyways. They're amazing modules, and Zara from Recovery Effects just released. Uh, they're doing a pre-sale right now of their of their new pedal that she designed called Gallows in the Morning. It's a really great like overdrive has some delay or uh, reverb on it. So congrats, Z, if you're if you're out there listening, and uh, please check out Recovery Effects. I'm just so excited for them. Um, also, after later audio, you gotta check them out. Those new, those new modules that just released are so much fun. Uh, shout out to Void Modular, the Sirius's Veil. I'm still having a ball with it. Um, yeah, 
R2R from Omi Industries. Please check that out. And if you want to sign up for my Patreon, I would love that. Uh, I would just it would just mean the world to me. And if you do that, um, unfortunately, I can't enter you into the contest that I was going to have that I'm definitely not going to have now, where um, you could win a AI synthesis tape machine interface module. But um, yeah, unfortunately, gambling laws are prohibiting me from having this contest, so I can't enter you that enter you into that because the contest doesn't exist but if you want to just you know join up on patreon anyways out of the kindness of your heart i would appreciate that um all right until next week